stuff, kid. All I gotta say is more than I can't say is cheer! It's scintillating! It's sensational! It's Seattle Sounders FC Soccer! Welcome to another episode of Sounders Scuttlebutt. I'm Aaron Lingley, and as always, I'm joined by your Alliance Council President, the President of Gorilla FC, and the Communications Director for the Independent Supporters Council, Cameron Collins. Hey, What's up, man? Welcome. Hi. Hi, man. It's good to see you. I'm glad to be here to discuss the big event uh, on Sunday night. Of course, I'm referring to our latest episode of Depeche Mode Scuttlebutt. Yeah, uh, you you were just at can't Depeche get Mode. Enough. Just can't get enough. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! And you know, in hindsight, we were talking about this last episode. It's like, you know, you know, would I choose? Like, am I bummed that I'm going to miss the match? Obviously, not knowing the outcome. Or, and I was saying, you know, these are like once in a lifetime opportunities. Really, you never know when a band might tour again, especially at this age. It's my one A through C favorite band. And, you know, I was just like, you know, I'm going to go stay in my bubble. And if I find out the score, I find out the score. But I'm just going to watch it when I get home. And the way you I found had out hope. The score annoys me because Apple TV had all year to fix that shit and didn't do it. Right. Yeah. So that's what happened. <laughs> I got all the way home after a wonderful night. Uh, we actually have some funny shit that happened. But, uh, yeah, turn on Apple TV and... I had my contacts in, so normally I do this trick with glasses, you wear glasses, where I just kind of like old man them and put them at the tip of my nose and use my poor vision to look at the screen, and I can just tell the fuzziness, like where I'm at on the screen, but I can't see any digits. So even if the score does pop up, I don't see it. I'm like, oh, okay, here I go. there. But of course, I can't do that with contacts in, and I'm thinking, you know, I can, get, I can probably get through it, but no, sure enough, on home screen. Right there, there's the score. And why would you make a match replay? Who wants to watch? Like, how many? I guess some people like to rewatch a match, especially if they win. And maybe if you do, if we win, I, I'll journalism do journalist. I used to watch them all when I'd get home. Uh, you know, I'd fast forward through parts, but uh, it, you don't see everything when you are at the match. Sometimes. At the I I and you know what? I watch more um, on TV or my laptop or whatever. Then I do go to matches in the last couple of years, so I absolutely did that all the time. Especially if we still got a buzz on from the game and we won, like I'll put the game on and then on my laptop or vice versa, play Xbox or something like that. Yeah, but still, I mean, like the primary the primary reason for having DVR for sports is like I missed it, right? So yeah, you're right. It's just like yeah, all freaking year, and if they carry this over into the next year, like almost every service has a turn off spoiler, turn off scores. That Even Apple of. Sports has that. <laughs> Even the organization yeah, that created to their it. whole thing. So you could, but you would then lose it as soon as you clicked over from the non-showing score to the game to watch it. So it's it's ridiculous. But more importantly, uh, I'm going to open my LaCroix. Ooh. And uh, we need you to decide on a beer to drink. I, yeah, and I need your help. I need your help. I don't know if I was speaking into the mic there. Uh, so I went to my local craft beer shop. And wine called Grape and Grain. I'm up here in Everett. They're off of Evergreen Way. 
highly recommend because the shout out is great. Grape and grain. Grape and grain. And so For your local I, businesses. Indeed. Uh, so long time listeners might remember last year I was gifted a bunch of beers from my wife and they did uh, there was like a collaborative effort between breweries in the region uh, to make like 8-bit video game style or edition beers. So I'm I'm holding here three different beers. This is from Ooh. they're actually all from the same place. Looks like a uh, barn barn brewed in Portland, Oregon level beer. First one is called Game On. Looks like uh, a Mario style India pale ale. Then I got my, and then I got, and this is probably the one that I would put my vote in, even though it, I could drink any beer I want. Um, this is Skyward Strike, Legend Ooh. of Zelda, baby. And that is a that? hazy pale ale. Okay. Hmm? And then I got, this is Pac Man. Let's play Dry Hop Pilsner. What should I start with? I mean, you know me. I'm usually going to go for the Pilsner and throw the pale ales in the garbage unless it's uh, Ruben's Brews Gorilla Juice, the number one pale ale in the world. Uh, that's Gorilla FC's beer. But mm. I think you got to do Zelda, right? You got to do Zelda. You know, in, in Skyward Strike, we had a lot of strikes in this game. Uh, none of them got in the back of the net. <laughs> we'll get to it. But... Yeah, no, I'll go with that one. Let's go with that one. Plus, the, it's been out for a few months, but New Zelda's out. Oh, yeah. With the baby coming in a few months and four weeks paid maternity or paternity, whatever, family leave. I'll be playing that. Or you could Save play, uh, until then. You could play <laughs> the game that is free with Xbox Season Pass, which is uh, Starfield, which I am now however many oh, I started playing. I started playing that at... That's right. That's not Zelda, and they didn't make a beer. So here I go. Ooh, that's a nice open. Listen, what's up? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Got that was my link, and uh, God, what's her name? Little fairy. Um, brain farting. The one that goes. Listen, what's up? Hey, I haven't. It's good. I need to restart the new Zelda. Not the new one, the pre- the first one on the Switch. Uh, this is supposed Breath, to be amazing. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I got stuck. Yeah, it is uh, amazing. I got very very stuck, and then spent hours walking around trying to figure out how to do something, and never figured it out. So I gave up. I need to start over. Happy to help you. I love that game. All right. Um, so real quick, I just got to say, um, shout out to the F one haters. Uh, the season is over, so you won't have to hear us talk about it, barring some big changes in where drivers go. Uh, Lewis Hamilton signs with Red Bull. I mean, that's the rumors <laughs> right now. I know, but uh, that's the rumors because he said he would be happy to drive with Max, but he doesn't think Max would want to drive with him. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. But uh, so we're not going yeah, to. There's no more of that. Uh, Husky football is almost done. And uh, they're, in fact, uh, underdogs by nine and a half points on the first line in Vegas in the. Pac-12 championship, uh, which seems maybe a little low. I think they should probably be like 15-point underdogs. But at the same time, you never know what's going to happen. Not much more to talk about that. Uh, Not much to talk about the Sounders after this, but we'll find a way. We will find a way. I think there's plenty uh, to talk about. But, yes, I I see where you're going. But, yeah, so Depeche Mode was good for me. That was uh, Gracie's birthday was on Saturday. I'm going to wrap up my week since we last spoke. 
lost my car key at the concert, so my car is parked in Lower Queen Anne. You're, you're a, going to Jackson Feltz, huh? Oh, did he lose his key too? He left his key uh, at the uh, <laughs> the party that uh, for the new logos when they released all that stuff. Oh no shit! The, the well, it wasn't his fault. The 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 people who bring you your car didn't hand him his key, but since his car was already started, it let him drive away. So all he had to do in his car was start it. So he was he drove all the way home to find out he didn't have his car key. Oh no shit. My car wouldn't go. My car would yell at me and then stop. I did that. Well so I was a smart cookie. For some reason I've had a, like a hunch maybe I'd lose my key, so I took my key car key off of my keychain that had my house oh. key, mail key on it, yeah, yeah. and left that in the center console. But yeah, it must have pulled out with my wallet or something like that. But I also I went to a concert, so I didn't wear my glasses. But I bring my glasses in case, you know, maybe one falls out and I need to drive home, right? So my glasses are in my car. So ah. hence why I'm wearing contacts and hence why when I got home, I needed to – I couldn't do my little old man trick. How I got home from Lower Queen Anne to Everett, which would have cost me probably $150 of traffic, was my mom, who was also at the concert, not with me, she parked in what she thought was a steal of a spot. Oh, That's no. because there was a yellow curb there, Mom. And they fucking towed her car. <laughs> so she was still in the area when I'm like, hey, are you around still? Did you get a drink afterwards? Because I need to ride home. She lives up here near me. So her uh, unfortunate event turned out to be a lifesaver for me. But yeah, it's been a, a hell of a week. How was Thanksgiving for you? Oh, it was great. Went to uh, my parents' neighbor's house, who I've known since I was probably a sophomore, junior, junior in high school, maybe. Um, and, um, watched part of the Seahawks game and then kind of, kind of paid attention after that. But yeah, it was, it was cool. Greg from the, uh, although we haven't recorded an episode in quite some time, but from the, uh, Punk Rock Pariah with Grendel and Greg podcast came with me and, uh, had a nice little vegan feast between the two of us since we're both vegan. We had, uh, like pounds and pounds of stuffing. It's yeah. amazing. How about I you? Had pounds and pounds of green bean casserole at my mom's. Oh wow! Yeah, and my dad my made his favorite thing, which was green lime green Jello with pears inside, like canned pears, because that's what they used to make on the farm growing up in the in the forties. Because that you know during World War II, like he was born in nineteen forty, so by the time he was five, like they'd been in war for so long that all you ate was canned items. Because it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that and it's his favorite thing. So. uh People ate it, especially the kids. The kids loved it. I used to love it too, but it's it's frowned upon by the snooty people. Jello with pears in it. It's good. I haven't had Jello in. I don't even know. Yeah, for me, it's been a long time since it's, it's got. Uh, it's made from the gelatin is made from horse hooves. Generally, sometimes it's made from fish gelatin, like like fish bones. But uh, so I don't since I don't eat animal products, I don't eat that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Thank you. <laughs> Onward. Should we talk about this game? Let's do maybe the how we normally do just yeah. general scuttlebutt before, but I think it would feel a little bit more complete to just like talk about this match and then do the second half of the show with a little bit more holistic scuttlebutt. Because yeah, a lot of our en- entries from people are, are not so much about the match, but just kind of like, what is going on with this club and what are we going to do? Exactly, and and that's most of the stuff we got. We did get two from Facebook that were specific to this match, but general enough. Uh, one from Liana, 
a friend of the show who said the pros and cons of the match. So what we would do anyways, discussing it. And then uh, one from Steven, uh, who is um, really awesome dude. His, his uh, son is always getting his picture taken with, uh, with our goalie, Fry. And because uh, he used to have like a, a, a mohawk type thing like him and had the goalie, oh. his name on the back, Jolie jersey and everything. So um, shout out to them. But uh, yeah, Steven's the man. So uh, he said, uh, first in for refing. <laughs> so well, obviously we have to have a discussion about the ref. Uh, that's the one thing. That's our started. favorite. Yeah, Ted Onkel. Woo! I did not realize, uh, and shut your ears, children that people referred to him as uncle fucker, like, uh, shut your fucking face. Uncle. Fucker. Yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our good buddy, Nicholas Biella. Yeah. Uh, posted that. <laughs> so Ted uncle was a ref and everyone said, uh, get ready. Uh, it's going to be crazy. And I knew he was a, a rough ref, but that game, it was a tale of two halves. In the first half, he was bad both directions. You know, he really, mm-hmm. it just, I didn't understand some of the soft stuff he called, uh, you know, I appreciate a ref that that lets uh, that plays the advantage, that calls it and lets the players keep playing. But then when there wasn't an advantage, he would then not pull it back once he immediately saw that they didn't turn into an advantage. So I don't understand that. If there's not an advantage that develops, you should take it back. And um, the second half was pretty... It seemed pretty crazy, like, that he was uh, making some calls against us that were just... Flat out wrong, to the point where a Portland fan on Twitter was was uh, offering their condolences, saying that we got robbed. Wow, that's how that's how bad it was that Portland fans were saying that. Now I don't agree with the fact that we got robbed. That's kind of here's my mm-hmm. major takeaway, and you can talk about your major takeaways before we get into specifics. Uh, did I think the ref was terrible? Yeah, sure. Uncle was awful. Uh, he was off, awful mo- both directions most games, and then was screwing us a lot later. I don't think it mattered. I think we had enough chances that we should have scored and we didn't that in the end for me, like, no, we didn't deserve to win that game despite the fact that we were the better playing team. Mm-hmm. I, I second that. I mean, it was the refereeing, the officiating made the, the match as a whole less enjoyable to watch than it could have been mm-hmm. because both we played, I thought, really, really well, actually. It was, I think, a microcosm to our, our season where we have a, a a good defense that made a gaffe. Granted, it was, it, was a, it was a good play. Their goal was a good play. I mean, Yamar stepped up, and I don't know who that guy was, but he dummied it to Buwanga. He let yeah, the ball go through, I... and Yamar got turned on that one. And, and, and you're a dummy if you... Collect that ball, and you have to give it to your let it go to your best right. player. And yeah, he did what he does. For me, that Yamar didn't stay back and jumped up, but I actually yeah. not in the replay of the goal. So uh, for me, I was more frustrated by that. People were mad at Reagan because he was kind of more in the center, but Reagan was trying to fill a spot. When yeah, no, it was on Yamar. Yamar yeah. needs to know, uh, and I'll get back to the referee. But yeah, since we're talking about it, Yamar needs to know that Bawanga is unmarked mm-hmm. and running as mm-hmm. you're running up to guard that guy. You don't need to let the guy if he's going to get it, collect it, and because if he collects it, he's either going to come at you or he's going to pass it to Bowanga. So you need to be prepared for either situation and not go with the guy's back to you, 
full bore at him and watch Buongo run to your right, and then the ball just goes right past him. And I so said it last He needs show. to do better there. Yeah, that Buwanga is going to score a goal no matter what. Yeah, like, doesn't matter. And, how and, and, he, and he did. And that was the goal. That was yeah. the goal. But that doesn't mean we we should have lost because they didn't score another one. Right. But yeah, the match. Both teams played. I thought really really well. Our defense made a gaff, but I think still played pretty pretty well. Other than that, Buwanga didn't do much in the match. I, I feel like. You know, you, we should have seen, heard his name more. He's a golden 37 goals across all competitions this year, if that's what I remember hearing. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So one goal scored when he's only supposed to score one, and we didn't, you know, let him do another. Vela, I don't think – I mean, if you look at the overall, they did bunker down in near the, sec, the second half of the second half. And the diving we, and the, and the yeah, time-wasting. I mean, that the first – I think the, the – People were frustrated with the ref in the first half, but it was really when the one minute for injury time in the first half was shown that people were like, are you kidding me? And then the boos yeah. started coming because they were already time wasting in the first half. Oh, yeah. And they were already taking dives in the first half. And he would say, get up. But then he wouldn't when the person would do it two or three times, wouldn't give them a card for simulation. Mm-hmm. I think someone said Buanga had five fouls in that game and yet did not receive a single card, even though he was warned multiple times. Yeah, so that kind of chaotic officiating made the match it allowed LEFC to play that way. Yeah, and yeah. that's what made the the match not fun to watch. Really, I mean, it just wasn't. It didn't flow the way it could have, considering the abilities of both sides. Right. Although it went it went fast, nonetheless. Like at the 80th minute, I was like, "Wow, how are we already here?" Like it just felt like the the play on the field. It was nonstop. Even with their the you know the time wasting and stuff, there was not a lot of ball out of play, um, not a lot of you know arguing. Even arguing was just a few seconds before the ball would be. Everyone was doing quick restarts. Uh, I don't know if they maybe they just didn't want to be standing around because it was so dang cold. Yeah, that could be part of it. I also think it's like we we were playing downhill. Yeah, we were not playing conservatively. We wanted. We want we shot it like what well, I don't know I haven't looked at the stats actually when, uh, but it was like sixteen goal shots or something like that. It was a lot, right? We were active, we were passing the ball well, we were moving, and that you know that kind of activity makes it seem like it's a fast match, right? And like you were saying, there wasn't a lot of there was a lot of quick restarts and, but yeah, it's just I don't think we got robbed. I definitely feel like we got robbed of a, a better quality match, but I don't think the outcome was indicative of our boner biting bastard uncle fucker. Yeah. So we, we had 52% possession. They had 48. Uh, we had two shots on goal. They had two. We shot, we had 10 attempts. They had 14. Uh, really? Yeah. Is this, Oh no, this is that. No. This is the first game where we lost one, nothing to them. Yeah. No, uh, we, we had like, I like 60%. I was really yeah. Because we were really high. Uh, in fact, to the point where uh, in the match, um, the there was a point where our uh, what's the word goals expected goals was was always XGA. higher. Than, yeah, always higher than theirs. Like we. Oh we, yeah, I think we had a one point two five x expected goals. Right, point eight of that was from Jordan missing in the fourth minute, and sadly, that's the thing. If he hits that, that game, we win that game. I have, and I have an opinion about that one. <laughs> uh, we had we had sixteen shots and eight on goal. Uh, no yeah, offside, okay. ten corner kicks, one save. They had seven shots, two on goal. 
We each had 16 fouls, which is funny considering how many more yellow cards we had than them, uh, which they got some at the very end. Uh, no, actually, we both had three when it was all said and done, but ours... One probably, of theirs was our keeper. Yeah, who probably should have gotten several for time-wasting, because uh, even several, after... more than two. <laughs> yeah, even after he gave him the one... Uh, there was one time where it took him 20 seconds from the time he saved the ball to kick it off. And and what's the, it's like eight or 10 seconds max. Eight. Yeah. So uh, I don't understand Amazing. how you call someone for time wasting and then don't enforce it after that. Yeah. There's part of me that when I was watching this, that I know there's like the disciplinary committee that looks at, you know, was that a red card and they can rescind it, but they're maybe not issuing yellows, after the match or cards after the match, but fines for bad sportsmanship. Like we don't, no one across the world likes to watch that. And it's part of the game, right? No one likes simulation. And And when that's caught, when it's caught on the field, they yellow card it. But after the match, when you see this much, do we really want a playoff game, any game to look like that? Do you want a team to perform like that? Speaking of, can, can, can I, tell you the opposite of that did you see cristiano ronaldo the other day no he had a guy lunge at him when he was dribbling in the box and he thought he was going to get contacted so he kind of did almost like a michael jackson toe kind of thing where you stop up on his Mm -hmm. toes and fell over wasn't touched but he fell because he had tried to dodge the contact and the ref called the penalty and he got up and was like no 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 no," and try and got the was trying to get the ref to call the penalty off saying i was not fouled that is not a penalty Wow. Yeah, uh, that made me respect him so much because I'm not generally a Cristiano Ronaldo fan. So I was just like, dang. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, we cer- certainly didn't see anything like that from LAFC. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, can there be, like, a review that's just like, hey, that that's a fine, you know? Uh, we're going to fine you $10,000. They can definitely get fined sure. Yeah, just on bad, like, you know, a panel. It was a consensus decision by the eight person panel or whatever that this constituted fine you have eight people or i'm just throwing that arbitrarily out but you know something where it can be like you cannot even if it's it has to be unanimous and it has to be it's a panel and they review every match and they look at it i mean that would be an idea to try to get that kind of crap out of the game because then then they'll get up they'll fall down when they get tackled and it and i know it doesn't take much to fall down when i argue with people that are saying like it's these players are wimps. Like, you should see American football. Like, I fucking watch all sports, dude. But have you ever tripped over a crack in the sidewalk? It's not much, but it fucking hurts your toe and you fall down. <laughs> like, that's, especially, especially that's, all the, that's all it takes. How cold it was out there. Yeah. If you hit that turf, it was going to hurt. Like, I don't have a problem with some of the getting up slow when there was actual fouls. It's the mm-hmm. fact that they would go down when there wasn't fouls and then whine about it. Uh, which which makes me want to ask you, what did you think of the no call when Christian was running down the right side and Cellini knocked the ball away? I'm trying to picture that moment. There was I a, did watch the match. Christian had a, a basically had the ball and was running at goal, and uh, the entire crowd plus all the Sounders wanted a penalty. Uh, I guess it wouldn't have been a penalty because it was just outside the box, but thought it should have been a foul, and instead it ended up on the other side of the field with them almost scoring a goal. Uh, it was like one of the pivotal... I think it was the... It was the... When the oh. ref... You suck. I don't know if you could make out the chant, 
but the entire audience was chanting "refuse suck." And oh, so, I don't remember here, hearing oh, that. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it plenty, but yeah, no, but I not don't as remember. Sounders matches. I mean, it was wild. The entire stadium, and and you know, I posted from Grill FC like. It's a little close to the YSA chant. I wish we could say something else, but I don't know how you can. Someone pointed out. I don't know how you communicate that in a minute. You know what? Refuse sucks fine. Eh, it's the suck thing. It's the the historical nature of it in the United States, dating back to the fifties, where it relates to fellatio, and it, it's basically a little homophobic and a little a little sexist. So I mean, oh, I didn't know. I, I didn't know yeah. the background between you suck. Yeah, so uh, I guess that, that makes sense. That's why the YSA chant. Ref, you are not performing very well. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that doesn't sound good either. It needs to be something clever that works, uh, which probably isn't I'm ref blind that shit. I want to be a ref. Uh, at, at Seahawks games in the kingdom, the entire audience, the entire crowd used to can't, chant bullshit when there was a bad call. I'm and, I, and I don't care about cussing. I was a little kid hearing I was hearing 70,000 mm-hmm. people chant bullshit, and I was chanting along. It worked fine for me. So... I don't know. They, I've never seen a crowd. They were even commenting on it on the broadcast. About I, I, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they said it, it wasn't just, a foul on the on the broadcast, but everyone in Seattle thought it was, including on Twitter. I I saw that. I pulled out my phone and watched the replay. Granted, it was a two second replay on my phone at full speed because it wasn't a replay. I was just watching it live, but it's behind. And it looked like to me, Cellini went to ground and lunged and got the ball out of there. And the contact on Christian was more incidental than anything. Like yeah. he, he bumped him, but that's why I'm having a hard time remembering it at first. But I know, I know now what you're talking about. That he, that like he scissor kicked, which then if he did, that should be a red card. And also that he shoved over and that he hit uh, Christian pretty hard. So I didn't see it. I was behind the play. It was going away from me. Um, but that was the point where the, the crowd finally had enough. I think, well, I think that's, I think that's mostly it. I think that's more just a a pressure cooker incident where you're more upset about everything that happened leading up to that. And if you think that's a foul, and especially where that foul was occurring, would have been very advantageous for us, giving us a great opportunity. But you know, I think you a ref, a ref like that who sucks is going to give Keeley the benefit of the doubt, being one of the best defenders of all time. <laughs> so yeah. you know, and and that shit happens in every match. You know, sometimes it gets called, sometimes it does not, you know. So I'm not going to get held up on one incident. I'm more, this, your overall performance of, as, as the referee was terrible in all aspects of the match. It, it, you were yeah. shitty for both sides in the first half, and then you can, did not control the game in the second half. At all. At all. So When you knew, the thing was, they not calling LAFC for that stuff. They knew what they could get away with, and they kept exactly. doing it. Right. And, and that's what happens. It snowballs, yeah. really. And and uh, they, they don't. I'm assuming you don't want to affect the match by having pulling out a, too many yellows and get someone a red card because it's the playoffs. But I'm sorry, you live in the lines. It doesn't matter the what where this is. If it's a final or if it's a preseason match, if it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's time wasting, it's time wasting. If it's simulation, it's simulation. Just call it as, as it should be called. But and anyway. it got to the point where any foul that even if it was a foul, the Sounders fans were screaming like super angry every time because there was one where Christian accidentally nicked the defender's knee when the defender pulled away from him. And it looked like he didn't hit anything, but he did tap his knee and the guy fell mm-hmm. over. Uh, and the crowd was, I mean, even Christian was pissed off. But to me, it's like that. I, I want also, I, I'm going to 
put another little caveat on that. To me, it's like, well, that that was a foul. But it's you're never going to agree that it's a foul live when you've been watching the BS that we saw the whole yeah. game. But also, I wonder if that affects if you're if the whole chant is counting ref you suck. Is he going to start calling the game in our favor? He's a human. Yeah, is there suddenly going to be a bias? Now, I will give him credit. He didn't change how he was calling the game. He didn't suddenly call it more in their favor or more in our favor. He kept the same that he was already, the tact that he was already doing, uh, mm-hmm. even if we felt that was unfair. But uh, it's kind of wild. I don't know. I mean, when yeah. when you know the name of the ref, it's not good. Yeah. No, you're you don't you're supposed to be invisible, right? And he, you know, uncle, you, it's we're not the only ones that say you get on, you got uncled or we got uncled. So yeah. yeah, my just general takeaway from the reverie is the officiating is that it took away from we got robbed of a quality match when it could have been a lot better, especially the matchup. You're right; these are probably that's probably the matchup that most people wanted to see in the playoffs is um, of the teams that made it is LAFC versus Seattle with our recent history playing against each other in the playoffs and the quality of how well they've played or how well our defense has been and, and their golden boot winner Vela's on the field, potentially Ladero's last match, like it, it, in Seattle on a beautiful night, like beautiful, cold, crisp night. So it sucked. It sucked that that happened, but we can get into pros and cons now. Yeah. Yeah. With, well, who, who posted that one? Can you want- uh, Liana uh, from Facebook. Now real quick though, I do want to say, I think every time Nuhu got called for a foul and he, like, threw his hands in the air and was crying and demonstrative, he committed the foul. I mean, mm-hmm. he needs to stop. I'm sorry. Yeah. He, he, he straight-arm shoved a guy to the ground. Yep. And, then was like, yep. and then was like, oh, I didn't commit a foul. Like, come on, man. Even if you didn't commit a foul, when you put your arm at a straight arm and the guy t- dives, it's going to look like you did. And the ref, that's all the ref sees. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to be conscious well, of what's going on around you. And you clearly shoved him to the ground. And, and we have the best player in MLS at drawing fouls like that named Nicholas Lodero. And he did yeah. it later in the match when he got subbed, subbed on. Yeah. He did not get fouled. The guy touched his lower back and he went down. Yeah. And he, he we got the foul. But we yeah. weren't bitching about that. <laughs> so it's right. like you need to just just stop. Yeah. I, the, the antics from New Who I'm, I'm done with. A I, lot of people are done with him because of it. And I don't know if it's fair, but... I, still, oh, I, I mean, I'm done with the antics. I'm not done with him per se because I do think he's so unique and and his style of defense is really hard for an offensive player to get past. You don't really know what the hell this guy's going to do, and his he his lower his lower strength, his core strength makes it impo- and his speed makes it impossible for a one on one. It has to be a really quality winger to get by him, but he makes some dumbass decisions <laughs> that can put us. And I think that's the thing is people are, people are tired of the dumbass decision and would rather have a lower ceiling that's consistently the same, like Reed a Baker Reed Baker Whiting, than Nuhu, who uh, is so much better uh, at this moment, but still can give up the penalty to make you make the whole game fall apart or uh, just, we'll just act, act, in, act childish. Yeah, and, exactly. And I, I honestly think, and this, before we get to pros, I mean, this is pros and cons, but um, I was something I want you to respond to because everyone's calling for Chu to be not on the team anymore after last night or uh, Sunday night. And uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about his faltering performance um, last episode, but I think that uh, new whose play hurts Chu's ability yep. to go forward. And I, so I don't, yep. 
is I don't think it's all, I mean, was Chu great in that game? No, but he wasn't terrible. He was just fine. We needed better than fine in the playoffs. I don't think Nico starts that game and plays any better if he's playing that much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Nico coming in as a super sub when everyone's tired is what made him so good. But Chu just, whether it's it's more games he's ever played, more minutes than he's ever played, it's his first year as an adult where mm-hmm. he has a kid, he has real responsibilities, uh, and and that changes you as a person. Like yeah. I think I think the season just caught up to him because we saw how good he could be. But everyone around me in my seats on Facebook, everyone, you know, he's a he's a one note player. All he does is run past defenses, and then he doesn't do anything. And to to their point, there's lots of times where he could have crossed it and he hesitated. He needs mm-hmm. to be more decisive. But I don't know that that means he should be gone. I think that he needs another year of growing. Even uh, the article that came out on. Um, let me pull this up right here real quick. I got to go to the top here on ESPN.com from Matt Doyle, who of course used to cover the Sounders for the Seattle Times. Uh, well, his his three takeaways, and uh, this is all pros and cons, so we'll, we don't need, I think, to call it directly like that. But one, this is his takeaways from the season. One, Christian Roldan is irreplaceable. Two, Nico Lodero, much to everyone's surprise, isn't irreplaceable. And three, he's kind of irreplaceable in the playoffs. Um. If he said that uh, what we learned was that Chu is not the answer and we need to find someone to take his place. He was the biggest disappointment. Uh, time and time again in big moments, he was put into spots where he was asked to beat a defender 1v1 and make a play, and time and time again, he was not able to make anything of it. The more I watch him play, the more I'm convinced that he's a wing back, not a winger, which I, he doesn't play defense, so no, I yeah. can't. <laughs> I, I, Matt, are you watching the sound? The more and more you watch, huh? Okay. Uh, and he says, these are the five players you build around, and we'll get to these later. Reagan, Yamar, Jao Paolo, Christian, Alex. Let's take all that, put it after okay. the break. Um, what was your take on Chu in that game and maybe through the playoffs? Because I know you're one of the biggest Chu defenders. Oh, I'm his, his father. So, yeah. yeah. Um, he's my son. Um, in my... I'm not uh, happy with his performance of late, um, but I don't think he got worse. I mean, you look at, this is his third full season with us now, right? Yeah, uh, th- yep. but but the, his first where he's a starter playing every game. Yeah, but I mean, we we had a clear growth from one to two, and I think a very obvious you know, step in growth from last year to this year. Yeah. We saw it in the beginning of the year. And now granted him in that position with the players around him earlier in the year, when Christian was at full strength before his concussions and Jordan hadn't been playing up top up until this season at the beginning, that was new for defenders for other teams. So I think they didn't know how to defend him. Yeah. Now I think, we weren't – I don't think he was playing his position as best he could when they figured him out, his positioning, his decision-making, but also his support on the wing. You look at the right side where you have the Roldans playing uh, at their peak understanding of each other. I mean, granted, they're brothers. But, I mean, you see how they interchange with the midfield and then themselves that really unlock some stuff. 
And Christian Roldan is not as fast or as technically gifted as Leo Chu is. But when you have Nuhu doing God knows what on the left, cutting, inverting and cutting in, streaking down with his arms flailing, the like wacky inflatable arm flailing tube man when he doesn't he just, need to. He, he just you know, like... You, you, like how if you can't predict what your left back is going to do in your support, then you don't know where the right place to be is. There might he's 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 his apparently his English has greatly improved this year, but it is still learning English, and he's still he's barely able to drink. He's a new father. I think this was a huge learning experience, and I still think he has a much higher ceiling. And I just don't think we've had the pieces around this entire season. You look at that. He's not the reason we didn't score as many goals as we should have this year. It's not him. He still has, what is he, top three of our team in goals this year? So to say that he is a problem, we need to get rid of him is bullshit. We didn't have a center, center midfield consistently creating and unlocking players. And I'm not entirely convinced that that Jordan is actually best on top. Now, he played really, really well there this year, but also, I mean, we, the curse of the left foot, man, that is an easy goal from anyone that can do anything with their left feet. You know, like the keeper came right out at him. All he had to do was one more touch angling to the left, which he was already running. Chiellini's not getting you, buddy. Like, yeah. you have all the time just take one more step. He doesn't have step. a left foot, though. And you, that's not that's my point. And yeah. so he tries to do this outside the boot right foot stuff all the fucking time and that's not the place to do it now give credit to he wasn't crapo <laughs> their keeper was on his fucking head that game there was yeah. some really good there you know Atencio's shot was great that had some pace to it maybe a little bit more and a little bit more to the left but that's still a wonderful shot from a half was a half volley on his left foot and i think he's right footed you know you had jp peppering you had you know uh, Alex, Alex almost drops it in a knuckle. Yeah. So I mean, Rusnak. but although I think Rusnak's shot was ultimately no, hit the post. The bar. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, who? Well, someone else had a shot that was a save. I think it was also Rusnak, but yeah, yeah. it was it yeah. was going to keep going over, but he still got yeah. a finger to it. But back, but back to my point is, I don't, I don't think that Jordan is the best. Maybe and maybe and maybe he'll grow into it because he had a lot of experience this year doing it, and he did that in the beginning of his career. But I still am not. Uh, I don't think. Maybe it's the midfield too. Maybe he's not getting enough through balls. Well, you know? I, but that's but, that's, uh, that's happening. But I, you're right, and and I'm gonna to put a caveat on it for you. I think he's fine in that position if he has a second striker because his job needs to be to run at players with his speed. Yeah. And, and so that, if, and, there, if there was a Raul Ruiz Diaz type player next to him, which the one game they did play together, Raul like. For a long time, Raul and him were not on the same page, and so mm-hmm. it didn't work out. And that's they hadn't practiced together. But yeah. Raul is the kind of person who can make a goal out of nothing if he gets the ball in the right place. You need someone like that or to go create for other players like right. your wingers, and that's yeah. where I think Leo Chu need, suffered a little bit. Yeah, we needed someone like that uh, paired up there, and 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 that's why you know at halftime I was calling for Atencio was fine in the game. Uh, once he got his yellow card, though, I was like. We got to be thinking the future, and we need to score now because we're losing. So mm-hmm. uh, I wanted Atencio off and Rui Diaz on uh, in the at halftime, and they didn't end up doing it like 15 minutes later. But um, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, I thought the Chu for uh, Chu coming off and Nico coming on was the right move at the time. Yeah, and, and Nico likes to meander over there. Yeah, 
on the left um, anyway. So, and that's what we, what we've been seeing, and we've liked Nico's performance off the bench with the other tired legs, yada yada yada. So I, that was you could bet the house that that was going to happen. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm not. I want to see another year, Leo Chu. He's he's got the highest ceiling of anyone that we have on the field right now, and it just sucks, you know, that we that he wasn't. He could have done better, and I totally get where people are coming from. But to call for his head is is silly. I think there's other players that we either need to either re- replace or need to, you know, be in the right position. And like I said, I'm not entirely convinced with Jordan Morris. That doesn't mean that's maybe not his best position right now. But I I like that speed. I like speed on the wings and creativity and uh the ability to score from wherever to be your nine. Yeah. <laughs> like Jordan's not taking 20 f- goals from 20 feet out or 20 yards out. Yeah. He's just not that kind of player. So and, I want, I want him in space. Apologies to Matt Pence. I associate, I, I put Matt Doyle as Matt Pence. It was Matt Doyle. Yeah, I was going to say Matt Doyle wasn't with Seattle time. No, he's, he, he covers the Sounders for the MLS. Yeah. He, he writes a lot about us, but no, uh, apologies, Matt Pence. Go read Matt Pence's book. He's awesome. Uh, yeah, I have, I have it behind me. Yeah. Oh, no, it's in the other room. But that's Mike Gastineau. Mike Mike Gastineau. Uh, Anyway, on to my next beer. And maybe, should we talk more about the match? Or should we get into... I think think we covered it. Our our biggest takeaways... uh, Oh, let's cover one more thing and then let's take a break. All right. Game on, Cameron, because that's what I'm about to drink. Game on. Where was Christian? (laughs) That was part of one of our keys is the Rolled On Brothers. Yeah. Christian, yeah. down. He got shut down. He, I mean, he had – no, you know what? They listened to our podcast, and they said, all right, let's shut down the World Dons. Yeah. That's what, that's, what, that's, that's the answer. That's what they he, did. You could tell he was frustrated. And it's not that he, he was shut down the whole game. He had a few moments. But compared mm-hmm. to the Christian we're used to seeing, compared to the Christian that is so dominant on the field, he wasn't there. Yeah. Especially after Jordan missed the goal four minutes in. I felt like we, we started out on a foot – that was awesome, and if that goes in, we win the game one nothing. I think. If that goes in, I think we we score more goals, and I think and I was okay. saying I think this is where we score multiple goals because that opens up the game even even further. And with, well, we don't have to go too into that, but I think that opens up the game further. And the way we were playing downhill, we just weren't getting it in the post. <laughs> we were we were just outside of it or getting saved. So. Right, which um, which is something that's happened a lot this season. But yeah, exactly, and I and I that's what we can talk about in the second half. But I I think you know it's the the keeper playing really really well. Um, he just did. He he had a good performance, and our inability, sure. yeah, and and our inability to score when it's you know like you said point eight for Jordan Morris. That was that was it. That was that's how you start the match at home in a, in a semifinal. Damn, cold so, weather. Imagine how cold that game feels if he if he makes that goal to those LA players who are mm-hmm. playing in free near. I mean, it wasn't. It was supposed to be around thirty three. I was a little bummed that it was thirty eight, thirty nine, because I feel like it, it, it had been. A there's little... no difference from some SoCal players <laughs> to come up that's here true. between thirty three and thirty eight. But yeah. that's a little closer to freezing. So yeah, well, you you open your beer. 
Uh, oh, I already I'm did. Gonna, I'm drinking, buddy. Oh, cool. I'm going to grab uh, another drink here and let's let the music take away for the second half. Hey, Sounders fans. We're stoked to bring you a special message from The Artisan, your eco-conscious haven for sustainable fashion. Soccer isn't just a game, it's a lifestyle. Living that lifestyle sustainably has never been easier with The Artisan's cyber annual sale, going strong through December 1st. Explore their mission at theartisan-nb.com because at The Artisan, it's about fostering a community that values sustainability echoing the deep-rooted environmental ethos of the Pacific Northwest. Stay kind, make waves is not merely a slogan, but a dedication. And did we mention their partnership with Oceana? With every order, 10% of their net profits directly support Oceana in their efforts to save the oceans. At Artisan, it's about embracing a sustainable lifestyle and making waves in the right direction. Even after the cyber annual sale ends, the Artisan remains your go-to for sustainable style perfectly aligning with the values that we hold dear in the PNW. Every purchase is a step toward a more sustainable and stylish world. But hold on, there's more. For every purchase from the newly launched winter collection, the artisan will use a portion of the profits to focus on their Save the Arctic initiative, setting a goal to raise funds and awareness. So get ready to be part of something bigger and make a difference in the Arctic's future. Huge shout out to The Artisan for redefining what it means to be a clothing company. Stay kind, make waves, and go Sounders. Looks like I'm going to have to change our show bio to say that it's professionally hosted by both of us and not just you, because that was an ad. It was. And you can talk about that ad, but let's question the professionality since uh, my mic is terrible and I just had to buy a replacement. Well, you did buy a a replacement, so that's very professional of you. But hell yeah. Um, Yeah, so we, we, we... Partnered with Artisan, uh, you got all the deets from the minute and a half I just spoke, but um, we don't do ads, and they they reached out, and it is a, it's a it's a good cause, and I think it fits in line with you know kind of what, who we are as people in the Pacific Northwest. And I was like, you know what, if it pays for the subscriptions to host this show for a month, we'll we'll do it for three episodes. So you'll hear it for the next two after that, and maybe maybe further after that, but. You won't hear any uh, weird ads from us just trying to be a money grab podcast. We we're still holistic like that. Yeah, that's the right sure. word. Yeah, that works. Okay, let's say it sounds good. Yeah, um, we're not sellouts. That's what we're saying. We're not sellouts. You drinking not a, sellouts. A, another beer here? I am. This one is not one of the game mode ones. This is Velocihopter from Ninkasi, and it's a it's a big one. Velocihopter. It's a good beer. It's a good beer. Oh, yeah. All right, let's get into some more 30,000-foot scuttlebutt. I know we have some stuff from Facebook. We have some good stuff from our Discord, which we'll prioritize. As always, link in the show description. But we also have some stuff on Twitter. So we got a lot to kind of go over. People are kind of letting it out uh, a couple days after the loss. So uh, where where should we start? 
let's let's just start. I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but let's start with player personnel. And and uh, you know, I think we've had questions: What do we do up top? Uh, what do we do in the back? Uh, is Reed Baker Whiting? Can he play a, a wing back? Uh, is uh, should we move on from Rusnak? You know what? Uh, what are we going to sign a DP? Where are we looking? We've had uh, you know shout out to everyone on the um, various platforms, and and we'll we'll shout out their names a little later as I my phone restarts here and I can look at them. But uh, and then we had some great uh, questions I remember from Mikey Six Strings on uh, Twitter as well. And Mike had some good ones, and I, maybe we should start with that one because that one I think lays the groundwork for everything that comes after it. Uh, and mainly it was, our, our, uh, to paraphrase, our, is our front office the Seattle Mariners? <laughs> the question is, is the front office just content with winning enough and making money versus keep trying to, to be the best? And, okay. uh, and my, my thoughts on that, and, and, and I'd like to see what you think, is that uh, I think we, uh, I mean, the owners have never taken a dime out of the team, so they're not just about making money, obviously. Uh, you know, we've talked about it before in the show where uh, things like Sounders 2 slash Tacoma Defiance is a very expensive endeavor that doesn't make money. Think about it. They're not selling many seats. So yeah. uh, that's investment in the future. And uh, because of that, you know, I, I, I think people expect us because we've been so good to be able to outspend LA's the New York's and Atlanta. And that's just not happening. We've got to be smarter with the money we spend. Garth laid this out before we can't screw up a DP and we're going to continue to sign DPs that are under the radar players that will end up being top of the MLS, you know, like a Nico. So uh, no, I don't think they're content with that. Uh, If you spent any time with Adrian Hanauer, he hates to lose more than anyone, and he will. If we hadn't made the playoffs again this year, I think heads probably would have rolled. So he's he's he wants to win more than we do. <laughs> like like he, I appreciate is that. Wild on you know that's why he does not on the sideline right, which he wouldn't be. But like you can't see him like you can see Mark Cuban right. Like he he is admitted many times that he gets fired up. So. Uh, he wants to win, but obviously he can't lose all his money. So I think as we talk about the players that are leaving, the players that are coming, we just have to be smart about how we spend and do it in ways that can bring us a championship as a team rather than relying on star players, which is really what Garth started doing anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I like flashy, shiny toys. Um, but I understand and I appreciate how we where what we've built over the years, what it's produced for us. I appreciate how we're using Tacoma Defiance as I mean that's how why we have Reed Baker Whiting. We we don't have to be you know too concerned about buying a, a maybe a left back of New Who Goes or buying. Uh, a central midfielder with Atencio and Obed Vargas and Danny Leva coming through um, the ranks. So I, I do appreciate that. I I would hope that with the ability to get a, a DP that we get a player of um, 
okay, maybe we won't know who they are until they're here and they actually perform, but we want to know their name and be like, oh, a, a, you know, a week, one match later and be like, oh, damn, you know, like right. Ladero, like JP, you know, how deuce level signing is going to be hard to do. Um, there's a lot more, I don't know. That was just a, that was just a weird situation the way that happened anyway. But I mean, that, that was maybe a once in a generation sounder signing to get the arguable best U.S. men's national team player of all time to and come money, join yeah. us. Money's and, gone way up since then, right? Like, it would be unlikely that we would be able to sign a player of that caliber because they're going to go to New York or L.A. or Miami. People want to be yeah. People yeah. Seattle's a hard sell because it's Seattle. Like, we love it. We're from here, but. You're gonna tell some, you know, hotshot hundred millionaire that Seattle's the place to be only if they want privacy, right? <laughs> and and to be fair, uh, as much as we have the most regressive tax structure in the country, meaning the poorer you are, the higher percentage of your income goes to taxes, uh, which is awful. We don't have a state income tax, so that's the one thing that goes in our favor. So these yeah. these players are not paying a state income tax. Uh, when they come here. And so when you make your $4 million, if you're Nico, you're only paying that to the uh, federal government. But so, yeah, I, I think, and, but here's the thing about those signings. I mean, Deuce was amazing, obviously, but he also was not healthy when we won the MLS cup. Mm-hmm. Oba never scared, scored a single goal in the playoffs. So for me, yeah, I love those players. They're two of the best sounders of all time, and there's no one better than the two of them together. I will take a Nico and a Raul over those two, even though we pay Nico and Raul probably less overall, uh, just because it just we, the success we've had is based on uh, players like that and like Gustav and JP and Ozzy. So, so yeah, I mean, I you know, and the other question. I think that goes along with that, that Mikey six string acts asked was, did, about, did you read his questions? Uh, no, I, I just paraphrased it. Uh, okay. well, but the other one, that, sorry, Mikey. That, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I, I, I paraphrased what he said. It was, it was fine. The other one that, that he asked was about, uh, are we still planning on making deep runs in the CCL us open cup, so on and so forth. And, mm-hmm. uh, all like make a chance for everything. And I just think that's not possible in today's MLS until the roster changes. The roster rules change. Like a fourth DP would help, but I think we need more TAM players. Uh, I think you look for the quick, the best path to CONCACAF champions and what's most likely to get you there. U.S. Open Cup, uh, MLS Cup, meaning the regular season and the play, or, you know, because you can get it with Sporter Shield. Or once you're in the Champions League, we put all of our effort into Champions League last year, and that's what cost us the playoffs. Not, not totally, but th- that was part of it. So... I think we're invested in winning trophies. I just think U.S. Open Cup is the least of the trophies now. Yeah, for sure. And and League's Cup, I mean, that's part of the season. It doesn't play on top of it. It's not layered. Yeah, that's nice. So that, I mean, you can have a deep run in that and not have that uh, work against you in, in the MLS regular yeah. season, which could lead to the Supporters' Shield, which in turn, I mean, if, you're, if your goal is to win Supporters' Shield, you're putting yourself in the best possible position as a path to the MLS cup, right? You are the top seed on 
both sides. So both conferences. There, so yeah, there was a while though where MLS or, or Supporter Shield winners were not making it to the final nor winning it. I mean, yeah, this, and that the Sounders. I I mean, we never when we finished first, we didn't. We got knocked out. Yeah, I mean, it's not guaranteed. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying you're putting yourself in a great position. Um, you're going to host home field throughout, especially yeah. now that it's not a neutral site like it was early on. Did you go to the 2009 MLS Cup when it was here? 2019? 2009. Oh, the one uh Salt Lake? Salt Lake versus uh, LA, yeah. LA? No, I, I mean, I didn't go to it, no. It was super fun. I actually got my whole section chanting, beat LA. Just, you know, I think you've said that before, yeah. Huge, yeah, huge rivalry so, yeah. with LA. So, so U.S. Open Cup, yeah, that's that's just not going to be a priority anymore. I think when you have the 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 club that we have, um, we expect MLS cups. Right. I think I think that is that's above the locker room door on the way out. So, if you happen to get to the semifinal and the final, then you start playing first team players, but don't don't burn the burn the candle at both ends. That's 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 what you're risking there. So I think if you find yourself there, then you can shift to your first team players, but don't don't burn the candle at both ends. Same kind of goes, I think, for Concacaf Champions League. Uh, there are a lot of those matches are layered, and the, the travel is extensive, especially from where we sit up here in the Pacific right. Northwest, right? So if you find yourself in that, um, you know, I don't know, quarterfinal round of sixteen situation, then then you, I think, you make that a little bit more of a focus and you kind of, I mean, I would want, obviously I want to win the final again. <laughs> That's important to me. And, think, and it gets you into the club it. world cup now. Like, yeah, I think we would always take it seriously unless we were already in the club world cup. So if we had qualified this year, I'm not sure next year we would have taken it as seriously uh, because that would be for the other, for the club world cup that we've already qualified. But isn't now the club world cup every four years? Yeah, but we are. So that have means if we don't, cards. if we don't get to the Club World Cup, you're going to wait potentially eight, eight years. Right. Right. But so, we don't need it so. next year. We because we already have it. It would be two years from now. I just, I mean, down the road. But anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, you're not going to see us go for all of them. Sorry, Mikey. Um, but the the important ones, and I think if we all ranked them, I think we're all going to put MLS Cup there at the top because that is it. Um, for this league, that's the that's the top of the mountain, and I think you'll find. Just said that. Yeah, what, what literally what I just said. Hey, you top said that the, the no, not top of oh, the mountain. Damn, but you said, like, cool. You said MLS, <laughs> MLS Cup is what you're playing for. This is America. Mm-hmm. We care about playoffs. In other countries, it might be Supporter Shield. And for me, I mean, I love the Supporter Shield. It means you're the most dominant thing. I, I a team. I want. I want the Supporter Shield again. Obviously, I've talked about before how Gorilla sees the holders, and I get to. I am thus the holder and the one who takes it around so I could show up at your work and, and be like, hey, Aaron, look, here's the trophy. Uh, but I did that to my dad's work one time. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think that, that to me, and it's, you see the same thing in the championship, when there, at any time there's a relegation, uh, not relegation, but a promotion battle, that there's so much more exciting than, than like, you get to the end of the season and the team's mm-hmm. already 15 points ahead. And so then the rest of the mean, season's meaningless. Who cares? I'm all about playoffs. Um, yeah. I love them. Playoffs. So let's see here. Let's go to our Discord. 
let's go towards Seed97, since he was the first one to drop one in our mailbag. Again, so how this works in our Discord, we have, uh, I don't know what they called. I'm not, not down with the terminology as much, but there's basically two channels in our server. I think that's how Discord works, right? Okay. One is just general Discord, right? For all of us listeners, we chime in and we shoot the shit, essentially. That's where our scuttlebutt is. Scuttlebutt. Yeah. yeah, 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 that off-air off scuttlebutt. But then we have a mailbag, so we can actually jump into that and easily pull some stuff. So if there's conversation going on, we don't have to search for it, right? And you'll see me do a little... Little green hearts means like, ooh, that's probably going to happen. So uh, Seed97 says, what needs to change in the final third for next season? He's meaning the attacking third, both tactically tactically and personnel-wise. When teams hunker down against us, it seems as though we need a lucky break or an amazing shot from distance to score, and neither happened on Sunday, Sunday night. Although we were close on a few tries. So that's what we've been arguing. That's the this match was like we said the microcosm of the season, right? We have really good defense. We had a gaff um, that gave up a goal, but we have the talent we feel to score multiple goals. Why are we not able to in the attacking third when we dominate possession, we ha- dominate passes and passing accuracy? How are we not able to get the fucking net to buckle? So feels, what it feels do you like think? They figured us out. They just I mean, in general the league. About. Yeah, the league has figured out Brian Schmetzer's yeah, tactics. Right? Maybe, but I, I honestly think if we don't have the Jordan Morris is not going to shoot from 20, 25 yards out. JP true, can't be true. the only one. Rusnak, as he's moved forward with the Nico super sub style that we've been playing uh, down the stretch, I mean, you see him cracking some shots off. But I don't want JP and uh, Alex rolled on to be the only ones shooting from far out. And I don't want Alex rolled on to be the one we re- rely on for that. Rui Diaz can do that, but he's not capable of playing 30 plus games a season right now. At least he's not showing that. And maybe he'll have a, like a Nico 2022 season this next year. Cause he's on contract maybe. Um, but I, I doubt it. And I hate to say that I love Raul Rui Diaz and he is an assassin, right? But I mean- that I, we do need those shots. We do need quality shots from distance to help open things up for runs. In, in conversations with people in the in and around the team, uh, I've been assured that Rui Diaz was just hurt, that he hasn't lost a step, and that he will be back at full strength as the Rui we know. Sure, he's just hurt a lot. <laughs> like it's, I don't, I don't think his engine is poor. You know, yeah, just, I, I just, I don't think, it, I think it was the same basic injury though. I don't think it was like he kept getting more and more injuries. I think it was. Was just it the always? Same was it always the, the same foot he was showing on Instagram? Oh, that's. I mean, the foot thing he can get over. He gets all the time. That's going to be a forever thing. Uh, but his back kept getting injured. So, yeah, I, I think he'll be fine uh, at least for another year. He's under contract for another year. And, and and after that, I mean, I think they brought in a bear to back him up, and then it didn't happen. I think you you bring in a DP to back him up again, and and hopefully, I mean, that's my answer, which I don't know what you think, but uh, overall, we we've talked about it a lot. Is is two at the top? Yeah, I think we like uh, we both like two at the top. I I would like a a foundational change to our system. And I don't know how likely that is for Schmetzer to do that, but take that Atencio midfielder and turn that into a DP level level yes, attacking player. Yes. Whether that be another second forward, 
to pair with Raul, and that means you got to put Jordan Morris on a wing, which he's fully ca- with his speed and and with the right players around him, he can uh, we can unlock a lot. And and I uh, he performed really really well up top. He was our best striker this year because of Raul Ruiz Diaz's injuries, and we didn't Abear didn't perform. Montero's just not there. He's he's done. He's running a coffee shop wearing a jersey on the bench. That's basically what he's doing. Um, which I would love I would love man put him on the coaching staff, right? He he's he's a great mentor he, and he loves this club and he loves the city, right? So put him on the coaching staff. But and I and I still think Leo Chu's got it, man. I still I know there was calls for his his head like it, he's let's I mean that's that's throw that away. Like people Dave, Dave Bullard on uh on Facebook as well as uh a few other folks uh, brought that up, and and I think it's it's come up all you know all over is is that we should move on from Chu. But I'm not. To me, it's like Chu had a great year for the first time. He went from and 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 I talked about this before in the show where Andy Rose said to us when I went to a practice that a bear kind of mentored him and brought him from this kid who thought, well, I should be starting just because of who I am. To like, oh no, I have to put in the work. Here's a guy who had a, a 22 year old who just had a kid, and and is an adult for the first time ever. You know, I don't feel like most. I don't know. The older I get, I'm like, 22 year olds aren't adults. You know. Oh yeah, definitely not. No, <laughs> once, once I mean, at kid, 22, I felt like yeah. I I am an adult. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, no, hell no. You were at you as was I, was a dumbass. <laughs> like, because 22 year old dudes are dumbasses now. There's exceptions to the rule. I knew Steve Zakawani at 22, and he was one of the most well-spoken, thoughtful people I've ever met. But he went through a lot in his life to get to that point, right? And and mm-hmm. I think having a child completely changed that for Chu. I think that he put in the work, and we saw him progress. Uh, I, to me, there's a few factors there. It's one, that the season is long, and he's never played that many games, especially not with us. Uh, two, he, I mean... He's, probably, he's not getting as much sleep as he's used to, I'm sure, just in general. And three, there was a lot of change around him, whether that was Nico or uh, Rusnak or who was starting up top and all of that stuff. So I could, I, I think that he's still a work in progress. I don't know why people are so quick to move on from him. Yeah, down the, he, he was bad in his last playoff game. And down the stretch, he struggled a bit. But mm-hmm. no more than... Some of the other players on our team, I mean, no more like Nico when he was starting. Shouldn't have been out there most of the time, Mm -hmm. Uh, but people also feel that way about Rusnak, which I don't understand. You know, Kristen, who I know from the uh, hosting when we were in COVID, I hosted the Sounders watch parties every game. And Kristen says, what can we get for Rusnak? And I just to me, he was our second best player all season long behind JP. Seven game winners. We just talked about that. And he nearly yeah. had a game-tying shot in this game. Um, and and I want to get back to Chu in a second, but just on, on that, if you watch Russ, no, we're not going to be able to watch him for a few months, but watch how he controls the ball and the attacking third. He his His ability to shift his hips, open up back to goal, defender behind him, and receive a ball and turn and immediately distribute it is probably the best on the team. 
His his control of the ball is, I think, the best on the team. And he can and he can shoot, man. He 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 shoots line drives. <laughs> he he's got some power uh, behind that leg. So um, I really like him there with a full off season in that attacking role, which he's used to. Where I mean, That's he's produced role. before consistently and became a, and was a DP. So he just came to us with a completely different role. Pro- as a he's a defensive midfielder essentially. That's not what he's used to, and he. Probably took it on the chin, but professionally, right? He's like, "Fine, I'll do it. I'll do whatever it takes." He's quoted for saying, "I came here to win trophies," and right. and he got that right. And we, I did a video on it on our, on our YouTube. So, and you could see anyway, when he went back to Leo Chu. Real quick, you could see when Russ at the end of the game, Russ Snack was really upset that we lost because people say, "Well, he doesn't have the heart of Nico," and I'm just like, just because he's not throwing his body into every challenge like that, and and plays a more reserved open game looking Mm -hmm. for the right place to put the ball to me does not mean that he's that's his game right he's he still cares about winning as much as anyone else but yeah true yeah yeah to to compare the the style of play between Ladero and Rusnak I mean Lionel Messi doesn't run (laughs) he 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 told the youth academy in Miami or at least a, a player I remember reading about it like uh, what, like, what should I do to be better? I'm like, oh, walk more. You'll see more of the game. Which seems counterintuitive to putting an effort, but there's a difference between your physical exertion and what you're doing upstairs, right? And the, and if you can balance that appropriately, you can do some amazing things. I think Rusnak is a very cerebral player, and he he's just, I think, just technically gifted. And he just needs to be in the right spot and also have the players make the right runs and do everything. Now, back to Leo Chu, and this also, I think, could help a Rusnak game. When you have a left back that makes so many erratic runs, yeah. how do you work with that? How do you work with that? You see the right side where you have the rolled on brothers. Granted, they are brothers, so they have their sixth sense. But yeah, they're still, lifelong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But still, I mean when you're learning the position, learning the team, learning how to live in this world as a young adult, Leo Chu, how, how are you going to be consistent when you have someone, someone behind you so inconsistent? And yes, he throws a fit every single time he doesn't get the ball. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you aren't a striker. (laughs) These are, these are striker fits. (laughs) And I don't know if it's him trying to throw off defenders, but he literally calls for the ball on every single run he makes, even when the ball's going the other way. And it's like, the ball can't get over to you, bro. What are you doing? I, yeah, I mean, it's like, he's got cast with his hands up and they're stuck that way. (laughs) And he's running around with just his hands up as wacky and flailed arm flailing too, man. But yeah, I I think that's part of the problem. You need a more consistent left back behind Leo Chu. And you'll see it better. And I think him and RBW would work great together if we if we were putting Reed back there. Um, and and then that that brings up uh, Jared on Facebook's question about does a does a Christian JP Rusnak and I'll put Chew in there. Can we win a championship with them? I mean, to me, the answer is clearly yes, as long as we can score. We could have won a championship this mm-hmm. year when we were mediocre for half the year. We were two games away from two wins away from the MLS Cup final. So, like, a couple things bounce our way. Here we are. We, we're, we're, we're playing for a championship. 
in a year where we probably sh- shouldn't be. So no, I think we sure. can. We, we definitely have the talent for it, and it just was. And it, it all it probably was for this season was a healthy Raul. Yeah, I think so. That's probably true. But I, I think signing a DP in this uh, offseason, and then if they add a fourth DP in the if in the league, then in the summer we sign another one. We could bring in a striker and then either a winger or I mean you could even bring in another center attacking mid and play play uh a, play him as a false nine and then have Rusnak behind them. Because we've seen Rusnak even at the at the sixth position before where when he and uh, I think J, when JP was out, he and Obed were playing together and, and they looked great. And I feel like Sure, that's not where we want to see him, but he was opening up a lot of uh, doorways, especially for Obed, because you could see Obed going forward, and you could see Rusnak being able to stop. I mean, yeah, I, I think to me that's it. It's a, I, you're dead on change of change of uh, formation plus a new st- striker or winger, someone who be who will lead to scoring. So there is something. And in full disclosure, everybody, we recorded that first part of the episode yesterday. So forgive us if we're repeating ourselves. We had technical difficulties in the second yeah. half. But if, there's, we, if there's things we're repeating, forgive us. However, it, it did work out in our favor because um, we got a little bit more in this, in this Scuttlebutt mailbag. And one thing oh, popped up from Raze Jose. He saw on Instagram from Grave Green TV, Recycling News. Which, you know, at least they're giving credit because I think that's been part of their issue before. I I talked talked to them about that, yeah. Okay, so, but they are um, sharing information from Matt Doyle. You know, MLS Insider. So on Extra Time, Matt Doyle, this is through their Instagram, and I'm getting a screenshot here in our our mailbag from Raze. Um, It was confirmed by Matt Doyle on Extra Time that the Seattle Sounders had their new designated player lined up for next season, and Tom Bogert... Knows who it is. Exciting news to hear that the Sounders are already making big moves for the next. Okay, that's just what they're saying. Um, so basically, really? they're saying they already know who the player is. And that's he's not surprising lined up. to me. They usually know ahead of time the lined up part because some of the player like Nico wasn't our first choice. Our first choice was another player who came to the Sounders and then demanded more money, and so then he went. Do you know who it is or was? Uh, yeah, but I'm not going to talk about it on here. Oh, why, why not if it's in the past? Fucking NDA, it, NDAs. It, it's far enough. It's I mean, if you think about some of the trades, Discovery player trades, Sounders have maybe figured out. But I am. That's very exciting. And, and you know, and then we from that we went to Nico, and Nico ended up being arguably one of the top three players in the MLS for the whole time he was here pretty much until the last two years. I mean, he, he's arguably, he is the best signing we ever had, <laughs> what, what he was, he was able to do for us and yeah. get us our first trophy. Yeah. So, and that's, yeah, no, Ziggy that's... did say he wished he could have coached him. I feel, I do feel bad for that for Ziggy because as much as I'm, uh, you know, I thought it was time to move on from Ziggy. Uh, he, he's still a good dude. And I wish he had had that chance. Yeah. So yeah, that is exciting. That's that's pretty early. Isn't the the win the windows the end of January? Yeah, January thirty first. Now now the other difference between 
when we recorded this originally and now recording it today is that we now live in a post Kissinger world. So <laughs> Henry Kissinger's no longer with us. I thought he was going to outlive me. So <laughs> dude was a hundred years old. So uh, that's another Jesus. change in the, in the entire world since then. But wow, that's amazing. Jose, I didn't, I didn't know that. Shout out to you, man. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for recycling. Yeah. <laughs> Rose, Jose, sustainability. Um, I got another one from Patrick GC. This is regarding more of our, our youth. Although, and I don't really forgive me. I mean, this is a Sounders Scuttlebutt podcast on Tacoma Defiance, but I didn't follow them as much. Right. No. But, and I'm assuming, uh, actually, I know that this is a player on Tacoma Defiance. But we should I don't have Stacey Maddox come on. She follows them very closely. We'll, we'll bring her on in the offseason to talk about Defiance. Hell yeah, let's do it because we're going to do, uh, we're not taking a two-month break. Uh, so Patrick GC says, what will it take for, for Braudilio, Braudilio is probably how it's pronounced, um, mm-hmm. to be added to the, uh, he said man roster, I'm guessing he means first team roster, and Rothrock to get actual, actual minutes. So let's start with, Raudilio, who scored 17 goals on 52 shots, excluding shots blocked. So he's got like a 33% conversion rate and scores a goal every 144, 45 minutes. He is from Portugal. Now, I do want to say that the... MLS Next is not the USL Championship. These aren't AAA players looking to come up. These are single A, single or double A. This is like in baseball, it would be like players playing either in Arkansas or, or up at Everett. So single A or double A. Players that, that maybe are your young stars but just aren't ready to start every game, so you put them down there to keep minutes. I mean, that's why you saw Obed down there. That's why you saw Reed down Say there. Say that to Julio well. Rodriguez. Uh, but I mean, but Julio did his time at single A and double A before he came up. That's what I mean. He went right. He yeah. basically, he went right yeah. from the, that level. And, I mean, and honestly, that's what great. happens. Your best players go double A to the majors, but, but they had, they need the seasoning, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't always translate, you know, they, they've let a lot of players go. They let Ithor, who was a draft pick of ours, uh, your golfson is gone. Wallace Lapsley are, are, is gone. I think with Raudilio, uh, it's a question of we, his, what he offers isn't necessarily what we need, right? He's, his, we're, we're, he's not a pure striker. I think that's why they bring up Rothrock, even though Rothrock does, does play on the wing sometimes. Um, you know, Raudilio is technically a midfielder and we already have, Nico and and mm-hmm. we had I'll say the season Nico and Rusnak and then the other midfielders who could all shift around at that position. I think there just wasn't space for them, and especially when you've already signed Tevez, who it'll be interesting to see if they re-sign him with that club option. But Tevez, who uh, is playing on the right foot, played a lot at striker at UW, so yeah. uh, you know he could he could slot slot up there. Rothrock could slot up there. I just don't. No, Rothrock was in a position a few years ago where he was going to move on from soccer 
and uh, he had a talk with uh, executives from from uh, soccer executives from around here, and 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 sat down and said, okay, let's let's push this, let's let's make this my career. So I think Rothrock has put all his effort into it, but we haven't seen him continue to develop into a first team player to the point where he would be playing. So uh, will he get minutes? If he's on the roster, I think he will because we're going young. I think we're going to see a lot more young players. We're going to move on from some of, you know, we're, we're losing Nico. We're going to lose Freddie. We're going to move, lose Roe. So our bench is going to be made up of all young players. I feel like. Probably we're going to lose Bear, right? He's a Bear, yeah. So, so all those, all our whole bench will be youth. With the exception of mm-hmm. if we sign a DP and they have to earn that slot on the team, the DP could also be a bench player, uh, or Raul if he has to, or whatever. It depends on the position, right? Chu. But uh, I think that's the issue: is that you need the reason players are down there is to get the minutes in, and it doesn't always translate to success up here. Uh, but also, if they're not going to be playing every day, sometimes it's better to be down there because you want them to play what 10,000 minutes, 20,000 minutes so that they know how they're going to react when things go wrong so that they can bounce back right away at a lower, less pressure level instead of screwing up in a playoff game and then just completely falling apart. Not that that happened to any of our players, but imagine if, if, uh, you know, if Reagan had been the one to jump forward there and it was last year uh, and let Wanga go past him. Like he, I mean, that's what actually, that is what happened to him, but it was at, uh, it was at Tacoma. When he was at Tacoma, Reagan let in a really bad goal or a couple in the playoffs. And it, it kind of, I'm glad that he bounced back, but I, I'm sure it took something that he wouldn't have had. That's when not he always going to happen, yeah. Right. So I think that's what it is. But also, Craig has said time and time again, he's committed to the youth. We'll be seeing more youth players this coming year. And that Brian is the one who's going to decide who plays where, when, why, and how. So unless it's an emergency mm-hmm. signing, um, I don't see him coming up yet. Now, depending on who our DPs are, we could see him come up in the offseason. But I think we're still going to see all those youth players starting down there and then coming up for spot bench play uh, performances, even if they're signed yeah. to the, the, yeah. the roster. Just based on the, the you know, the stats that I just read off for Braudelio. I mean, if he has that clip to start the season with Tacoma Defiance with the U.S. Open Cup, um, gaining traction when, like, for MLS clubs, what is that, like, April, May, usually, when we start seeing those games? I think that's where you'll see that that first-team contract, if he's playing at that clip, just to get him minutes in green. Um, but also in the depth matches where you're not going to have your million dollar, <laughs> your TAM level players starting matches. And there's your opportunity. I, so if he's, if he's producing so he's at that clip that I mentioned, the, then it'd be weird to not see him at all next year. I think we're going to see minutes from him. You know, if he same with Rothrock, I guess, in that regard. Rothrock is, is on a first team contract though. Bradilio's not. Also, he's from, um, a uh, Guinea-Bissau, so he's from a Portuguese territory. He's not actually from Portugal. Uh, we got we got him uh, off New York City FC. He was drafted by them. His hometown is then, Lisbon. Oh, it's interesting. Here, it's saying he's from Guinea-Bissau. That's his citizenship. I know it says that too. It says he's born in uh, 
Guinea-Bissau. Hometown is Lisbon. Citizenship oh, so maybe is he Portugal. Moved yeah, he was on. Uh, he was on the. It's probably like being born in Puerto Rico. Yeah, and then moving to. I mean, that's Edgar Martinez was born in New York City, but is considered from Puerto Rico. But he's he's been an American citizen his whole life. So it's and I'm sure all those things. So he. Uh, well, he's a Seattleite for us. Yep. And we got him from New York City FC. So he's only signed to a Tacoma contract, though. He's not signed. So we can't just bring him up except for on emergency situations. So well, we that's have to what sign I, That's what I, I guess what I was saying is that I think if he's at that clip for Tacoma Defiance to start the season next year, then it starts ramping up to when we start having our, our U.S. Open Cup matches, that I wouldn't be surprised if that's when you see his quote-unquote first team minutes, right? Yeah. If, well, I mean, it'd be crazy if he's scoring a, a goal almost ev- almost every game, <laughs> right? A goal every two games. That's and, and they're pr- kind of all over the place too. He's got left, right foot, outside the box. Most of them are inside the box, but I like seeing left and right side, or uh, you know, left foot and right foot goals. That's I mean, if we had you know a certain player in Sunday's game that was a little more confident was left foot we score in the fourth minute so yeah um well I'm excited to hear that Craig Weibel says they'll continue with youth because why put that much investment in our youth over the last few years even if you adopted adopted them being the GM this year um kind of have to see what they do yeah I mean he even scored two goals in the playoffs so uh, in two games, so uh, so Duke can score. Yeah, we we should truly, uh, hopefully, bring him up if we can see it translate to the next level. Okay, so we that's our Discord. We went over and, uh, Mikey six strings. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I think that the 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 general question we get uh, from Facebook, whether it's from Liana or. Uh, from some of the other folks, centers around like, so Jeremy says set pieces and how can we upgrade them? Uh, You know, Liana says, uh, are we still going to be good now that we've lost Chris Henderson, basically? Uh, To me, that's all about changing personnel. Now we've had Sean Henderson, so we have the same person doing all, Chris's brother, he's doing all the scouting. We have the same person. So I'm not worried about it from that end. Uh, you saw Nico, as soon as he came in, took the free kick into the box and couldn't get it over the wall, which is one of the knocks on him mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Uh, I think with more talent, that changes, whether it's it's Raul coming back, whether it's Rusnak taking that, which makes more sense to me. Uh, and yeah, then, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that our set-piece problems tend to be not for lack of having players in the right position, it's lack of kicking it into the right spot to score. I mean, it's the same thing we saw from Alex, who was super successful at, at you know, especially the first half of the season, crossing the ball across from the, from the, from the, the wing into the box and getting goals. I mean, I think you need someone that has the ability to do that. So uh, I imagine that'll get better with the new talent that we're bringing in. And I think, I think, we're not that far off. I think we need a spark, and whether that's, like we said, a forward, a winger, someone in the midfield that's a DP that is Nico quality when Nico first got here, 
that's what we're missing. We're not missing much. We have an amazing defense. We have a great midfield. It's just they're not always on the same page. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we've never really been, not that I'm happy about it, a great free kick team. True. I think there, there was a few years, Dempsey... Right. Because he can make those, and that's and that's all I can think. I remember him scoring a free kick against FC Dallas, and I'm like, yeah, I can't me, really me. remember many free me kicks too. after that. Nico you know? made some good ones, um, but it, it could be, I mean, yeah. I, they definitely. I know I was in a meeting with Coach Schmetzer uh, a few years ago, and it's definitely worth this. This is one of the reasons to join Alliance Council uh, is that on a Tuesday night, he came to our meeting before a Wednesday game and broke down the way they were going to do set pieces differently because what had they had been doing hadn't worked and they've been trying a bunch of new stuff. And then I believe we ended up scoring a set piece goal in that game. Uh, and, and he actually broke down everything, the whole game plan, as if we were the players. So, uh, yeah, come join us on Alliance Council. If you want to nominate yourself, vote.soundersfc.com. Uh, you have to be a season ticket holder and you have to be the designated person. So you might need to have your, if you're not the main person, you might need to have them call a ticket rep. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, don't worry. They're working on that. Uh, I think egos get involved and get in the way. I'll say that. For sure. And I do like Rusnak there. I think he's technically gifted enough to do that. And I think we've seen glimpses of that. So I, I would like to, have him be one of the top free kick takers next year. And and to your to your point about the the voting and we should probably start wrapping this up, this up the show. Next week is uh the vote, right? Yeah, on uh December 5th is the first Alliance Council meeting of the business year. So we we are not on a calendar year. We start in December to make sure that in January the Sounders have all the people who will be on the executive committee. Uh, and, it, you know, you can still join if you get your, uh, it's supposed to be 25 votes, but the med- website's messed up right now. So you only need 20. Uh, if you get your 20 votes before uh, December 5th, you can come to the meeting, be on council. And uh, we should get you on there since you are now my extra season ticket holder. Uh, have you come join? Why don't we? We'll work on a campaign next year, um, considering yeah. this is like six days away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not quite ready for, but however, and I am. I actually, I, I do want to do that. I actually, I, you yeah. know, I, I with between you and, and Nick, um, you've convinced me, and you know, I love this club enough to dedicate hours per week just to talk about them and and and, and broadcast it. So yeah, I think I will. But if any of our listeners are um, yeah. putting their name in the hat. And and if you win, maybe we invite you on and we talk yeah. about it. Huh? I mean, we... we uh, platform. The positions are president, vice president, secretary, and then there's two at-large members of, of the leadership team. So I, I plan on running for president again. I'm, I've yet to make that announcement. So uh, I am officially declaring my run for president on this podcast, I wanted to make sure to do it here to uh, really um, show my appreciation for everyone at Sounders Scuttlebutt and all they do. So uh, the draft Cameron movement has spoken, and I'm listening. 
and I will be running for president of the Seattle Sounders FC Alliance Council on Tuesday. That being said, if you're one of the listeners that's putting your name in the hat for president, you will not be on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, maybe if you win, you will have to replace you, Cameron. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, here's the thing is as long as you get your votes before May, how many days are there in May? 31? (laughs) As long as you get your votes before May 31st, you would get on council this year. Otherwise, you, you would be on council next year. So... Uh, just need your 20 votes. Although if you get them now, it'd be 20. Presumably, the longer you wait, it'll go back to the constitutionally mandated 25. So what does that mean? So, so uh, you can, I thought you, I thought next Tuesday was all the visit your, oh, you mean just for executive leadership. Order. So people could still get on council after that date. Got you. So they, it's just a question of when, when, when you're joining is really the, the thing. Are you joining to start the season or the first half of the season, or do you have to wait till next year? It's two-year term. Uh, I am in my this – will, this will be my second year of my two-year term, so I will be running again in the uh, second latter half of the season. Right on. I've been, I've been on council since 2013. I think I'm the, the second longest behind Dan Rowe, who joined in, I think, 2010. All right. Well, um, I think we should start bringing it into port. It's been a long-ass episode, but uh, we weren't blowing smoke. We weren't. That <laughs> it was a long season. It was. Yeah. Um, so where can they we find you? Where can they find Kind of had to wrap it up. Where can they find you? Where can they find me? They can find me on Twitter or X, what have you, at Aaron Lingley, A A R O N L I N G L E Y. And how about yourself? I am legal-minded punk on all the related uh, social medias or LinkedIn, Cameron J. Collins. And James will tell you where to find us. Take it away, James. Yay, James! You can follow the Sounders Scuttlebutt podcast on Twitter at SSFC Scuttlebutt. And for all inquiries, including questions for the gents or sponsorship opportunities, please email contact at scuttlebuttproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show for new episodes following every Sounders FC match. And don't forget to share your feedback by rating and reviewing. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BritVoxus. That's BritVoxUS. We'll see you at Lumen and go Sounders. Alexa, who's the best MLS team of all time? The Seattle Sounders are both unequivocally and irrefutably the best MLS team of all time.